talked some time back about bringing on a guest with an interesting experience to share. And I wondered, listener, if you've ever thought about what it would be like to be living, working down in Latin America and contemplate heading to El Norte, coming to North United States to perhaps seek a better life, jobs, etc., what have you. Uh, it certainly is a daunting proposition. And uh, I got to tell you, I've thought about this on more than one occasion of what, what that would be like. And one of our regular contributors, uh, I guess you could say that about her, Christina Borgeson, did this as part of a, a study for CBS News many years ago. And we ought to have Christina tell her story sometime. But more to the point, we have someone who did it not once, not twice, not three times, but on four separate occasions, each of which I think was a, a tale in itself. So joining us today to talk about that uh, remarkable journey, shall we say, coming north from Mexico in the United States, is a good friend of ours, Domingo Escobar. Welcome to Radio Parallax, Mingo. Thank you. Now, you did this uh, four times, never got caught, which is, I guess, pretty good odds. Four times, that's correct. But by my understanding is that the, the chances of getting in are like, what, one in three or something, one in two? Or is that is that just a bunch of BS? Yeah, that's what it is, BS. <laughs> <laughs> any, any any feeling as to how many people do? I mean, say, say 100 people try and get across, what do you think, 60, 70 make it? Yeah, probably 70, 80. So that the, uh, our, our border people probably flip the numbers and say, we're getting two-thirds of them, they're probably getting one-third of them. Yeah, but we were talking about 20 years ago. Now it's a different deal. Yeah, true, true. That's true. All right, well, when did you first uh, make the trip, trip north? How old were you? What were you thinking about? How did that all come about? I was like probably 17 years old. Now I'm 50. Okay. So I made it across with a coyote. Brought me across, I gave him $100, brought me off in San Isidro, and then I was on my own. So I take it you were in Tijuana, south of South of Tijuana. San. Okay. I started from there. And a coyote is, is like English, a coyote, but but that's the term that's used for the, the guides that, that you hire to, to bring you across. And the people that bring them across, they call them pollos, <laughs> which is chickens. Eating chickens. <laughs> I mean, I've been there in Tijuana. I imagine an awful lot of listeners have. You see there's a fence all across uh, the border there, and there, there's like a, a plain um, of some fields where you could walk across. If I guess I guess is what you, that's what you did, right? Yeah, you can see the field from, from the hills of Tijuana. It looks like a mile straight up. Okay. But to get there, it takes you at least three or four hours because you have to go across. cannot go straight up. So that's basically what you did. You were up, Tijuana is kind of, I guess, up on a bluff, I guess you might say, overlooking a little plain there. There's a little river, I guess, that yeah. passes through. So you got to get through it. So what, how did, how did it go down? You just took off at night? You waited till nightfall? Well, the first the time, I'm going to tell you my first experience. I come across from a friend of mine, then uh, he was living in Tijuana at the time. And uh, we come across, we, we got lost in the middle of the, of the bushes. <laughs> The mountains, and then I was on my own. But I made it to San Isidro. I took a taxi cab, and then he dropped me off. And <laughs> you get to San Isidro, and you hail the cab by myself. Yeah, <laughs> I made it to my point to Chula Vista. So you had a you had a rendezvous planned for Chula Vista. Yeah. Okay, so that's about ten or eight or ten miles, I guess, north of the border, something like to that. To Chula Vista, yeah. Chula Vista. Did you like get a job? What'd you do? I mean, did you? Just, did, you were seventeen. How did you? Uh, Get into society. Yeah, I stayed there in Chula Vista for a couple of weeks, 20 days at the most, and uh, I was afraid, you know, because there were a lot of migration around. Sure. Around right the border. Sure. And my, that time I had a brother in uh, LA, Glendale. Uh huh. 
and he come and got me and got me all the way to LA. I stayed there for a year and then I got bored and I went back to my hometown. So what'd you do, like construction, various odd jobs and things? I didn't do much. I didn't do much. I was living with my brothers and they were taking care of me. Okay. So you got homesick. Yeah, exactly. But I come back. Come back to U.S. again. And how many how many years between the time you went home and the time you decided to try Couple it a second years. time? Couple years. Two years. So maybe you're 19 or 20. Yeah. Did it again. That time, uh, me and my friend, we paid this uh, Coyote dude uh, $300. He got us all the way to Oceanside. Oh, okay. Yeah, we took it like three days to get to Oceanside. Three days? Yeah. Well, Oceanside, <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing Oceanside's pretty... Almost up to Pendleton, I guess. Right, right before uh, San Clemente. So it's the first town south of Camp Pendleton. So that's that's like what? That's that's about 50, 60 miles. But it took you three days because what? You were on foot or what? Yeah, that guy, that coyote had like probably 300 people bringing him across. 300? Yeah. So he, he left some in, uh, in Chula Vista. He left some in, uh, in uh, Oceanside. He left some in... Uh, San Isidro, so we were the last ones. So you were all spread around. Yeah. Were you, you were you in cars or were you just... no in the hills and the mountains hiding? Really cold. It was really? cold. Yeah. On foot from the Mexican border to Oceanside. Yeah, for three days. Wow. He well, hired us in some houses under the in the attic. He hired some people and take other ones to delivery, drop them off, come back, keep going. <laughs> So it's a pretty elaborate operation. I guess if you got paid 100 bucks a head for 300 people, he was doing, that was a pretty good little yeah, business 30 bad. years ago. Well, what made you want to come? I mean, was it just where the job's bad in Mexico? I mean, I know the Mexican economy No, I had a good job. I had a good time in Mexico working for tourists, you know, on the beach and stuff, meeting a lot of chicks and stuff. No, I did it for... For pleasure too, you know, and then experience and stuff. It's not that you were dissatisfied that you, you know, you needed to come north. You just, I guess it was like an adventure to see about what else was up here or, or what? What were you thinking? Yeah, something like that. And, and like I told you, you know, I was working on the beach and meeting people and stuff. And I wanted to see where they live, how they do and stuff. That was part of the deal to come across. See my brothers in here. I had two brothers at the time living. And Burbank. So, how long were you here the second the second go around? Same, but two about years. About a year, year two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then I went back, and then uh, I had a friend. Then he was working in Alaska, illegal too. But he met a girl from Chula Vista, and he married her. It was my buddy. Uh-huh. So I went back to Mazala and he told me, Mingo, you need to meet, you meet a lot of, sh- lot of girls in Mazala. You can meet one of them and, and, and get your papers and be legal. <laughs> so that's what I did. I met a girl from Sacramento. And, uh, so, so things worked out for you. You married an American woman. Yeah, but let me tell you the story before I get to the marriage point. Yeah. She went to Mazala and I met her, I met her in Mazala and then she said, you want to come to America? And I said, yeah, I've been there. Okay, when? Two weeks. Two weeks. I got you a ticket to fly from Mazatlan to Tijuana. I meet you in Tijuana, she said. Okay. I said, okay. So I show up in Tijuana, and she picked me up from the airport. We went to a hotel, stayed two nights. The third night, we come across. She like, didn't know I was illegal, you know. She didn't know this. She didn't know anything about it. She just got me across. And you, you decided not to mention it. No, of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So she, she drove me across in immigration, you know, the pony stopped us right. over there and you know, they didn't ask me any question. I was they lucky. They asked her, okay. what you were doing in Tijuana, I come for pleasure for the weekend. 
Okay. And, and the guy never asked me anything, the right. immigration dude. Okay. So once we come across, I told that old lady, you know what, I'm going to marry you. You want to marry me? Yeah. We, we drove straight to Lake, to Lake Tahoe. We got to Lake Tahoe. We got to the chapel. The guy say, hey, you need a couple of witnesses. You just get married. So we come back to the, to, to uh, Sacramento. Yeah. She got a couple of girlfriends. And we went back to Lake Tahoe and got married. And here I am. Two, two kids. A whirlwind affair. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy. Good, good. I, it, I, it certainly has worked out in the in, in the long run here. But did I understand at one point you came through in the trunk of a car? Did you not? Yeah, that the, was my third the trip. Third, across, I, uh, yeah. oh, no, okay, that was pretty scary. That's what I say. I need to marry an American girl. But you you were you had married an woman American girl. By then I, I wasn't married. Yeah, that was my fourth trip. The one that with the oh, night. so you were no longer married. No, yeah, no, the third trip. Okay, that's when I come across in the trunk okay, with, with another friend. Then I married Mazalan. Her father was a judge. She was, they were living in, in uh, La Jolla. Beautiful house. Yeah. A mansion. Beautiful place, La Jolla. She went and got me a caller from Tijuana. <laughs> I'm going to go and get you. I said, okay. She come and got me. She knew that I was illegal. <laughs> so she puts So she puts you in the yeah, trunk. Yeah, she put me, what are you doing? You, you have to be in the trunk. She said, like, <laughs> you don't get caught. I said, okay. She put me in the trunk. She, yeah, she, I can hear you know when she stopped in the border, I can hear the immigration. Hey, what are you doing? Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then she come, she got across, and and you know I was I was hoping she stopped somewhere in the way and get me out. <laughs> so how she far never did, did. How far did she drive? I don't you? know. From from the border to to La Jolla, I don't know how many hours they are. Man, I was so scared inside that trunk. I said, "This is it." I gotta tell you, I do not want to ever get in a car in a trunk and have them close the lid on me. Period. Yeah, it's pretty dark in the start, you know. You want to take a leak, you know, how you going to do it? <laughs> so, this is your third trip. You make it to La Jolla. And, uh, what Beautiful house. When she come, when we got to the house, she got me out of the trunk. Uh -huh. And I look, and a mansion, nice house. Okay. And then I look on the other side, so, the beach. Yeah. So, how'd this romance go? Well, the guy, the judge, found that out that she got me across, and I was illegal. You know, it was a judge. <laughs> You need to get out of here. The guy told me, you need to get out of here. You need to keep going or I'm going to put you in jail. I said, you know what? I'm leaving. I called my brother well, in LA. If that's, what, if that's the way you feel, then I'm leaving. <laughs> I want you to be my father loud. I said, no, you get out so, of here. So would you come north? Did you come? Yeah, I called my brother. You know, I had two brothers in, in LA at the time. Okay. And one of them come and got me. All right. And how long were you in America? That go around. Same time. A couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, All that right. time I went and worked in Alaska illegal too. Oh, so you were up in what canneries or? Yeah, in the canary, canning salmon. Okay. Yeah, illegal. Okay. So at some point you became a legal citizen. That that was a little bit after the fourth return, or what? After the third time or the fourth time? Fourth time. The last time. Fourth time. So you only came across with the coyote the the, the first time. The first time, yeah. All right, because I know when we were talking about this before. You hit you, <laughs> you mentioned that you were out there in the woods at night. So the guy asked you if you'd seen his boyos? Oh, that was that was uh, yeah, that was the first time when I come across with a, my friend from Mazatlan. Yeah. Then we got lost. And you got separated. Yeah, we got separated because uh, he was in front of me and you know, he was showing me the way. Yeah. And all of a sudden, from the bushes, something comes out and my my friend ran and pushed me away and I, I run, I follow him too and we sat down, and then I told him what, what's going on? Why you run away? There is a migration dude in those bushes, you say. Yeah. And I said, okay. And we wait and wait and wait and nothing come out. Okay. So I told him, there's nobody there. And they said, you go in front of me. 
and I follow you. Yes. And all of a sudden, this big guy, you know, white boy with a big booze, he was an immigration dude. <laughs> he said, don't run, don't run. He was an immigration dude. He was. Dude. Yeah. But, but he said, don't run. But, but Yeah, he said, don't run. And we run, 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 <laughs> and we got separate. Yeah. Yeah, me and my buddy got separate. Yeah. And then I sat over there, I don't know for how long, you know. You just sat over there and nothing happened. So I said, I want to come out. If I get caught, I get caught. Yeah. And I didn't see the immigration anymore. Was- I called my friend. I called by his name and he never come out. So I said, I'm my own. And all of a sudden, you know, I saw a bunch of pollos walking, <laughs> like 50 of them. Oh, shoot, so, there's a bunch of pollos. So I'm going to follow them. You think you're alone. You look around, all of a sudden, there's 50, other, sudden, 50 other people. Yeah, I was seeing all of a sudden, I saw this. Hiding thing. in the bushes. Yeah, all of a sudden, they got up and started walking. I'm going to wait for the last one and follow them. So I did. I did follow you. You didn't know where to go. No, but I, I, did, I knew they were coming in, so I, I followed them. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody hide. All the pollos, and I did it too. Yeah. And then I can see from far away, you know, police, a uh, uh, migration car. Yeah. And two guys come out to immigration from far away, maybe, maybe about 100 meters or 100 feet. The immigration got, in, got into the car and left. So I said, okay, they left. So I'm going to wait for all the police to get up and follow them again. They never did. I never see them again. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to them. I never see them again. You know, wait, for- wait, wait, wait. 50 people are there. You see immigration. Everybody goes in the hot yeah. again. After a little bit of while, you look around. And they've just vanished? Yeah, I never see. I mean, well, I saw them again, but after a while. Because they, they disappeared. So I said, oh, shoot, I'm myself again. So I yeah, started yeah. walking away, and all of a sudden I saw a dude. Far away, you know, a wet back, a pollo. <laughs> I said, oh, shoot, that's my friend. So I got so excited, you know, when I got close to him, he was a coyote dude. He started swearing, my pollo, I lost him. Blah, blah, blah. I said, well, I saw a bunch over there hiding. I said, but all of a sudden they all disappeared. <laughs> Where the heck are you going? <laughs> I'm going to Chula Vista. Wow, he said, I'm going to go to uh, McDonald's over there in San Isidro. There's a McDonald's gas station. Yeah. And have a hamburger and go back to Tijuana. You can come with me. So the coyote goes north, gets a burger, and then goes back to TJ? <laughs> yeah, because he lost all the pollo. <laughs> so I said, can I go with you? Yeah, you can come with me. Or he was all pissed off. And, and you know, if you want to go across for, in the highway, you, have, you can go jump the fence and run, or you can go under, you know, it's a little bridge. So he wanted to go under, and everybody found all these the pollos hiding. They got, they, under the bridge. They were over there, all the pollos hiding. And they told me, you get out of here, you and you own now. What I'm going to do, you don't know. Jump the fence, he said, and run to the McDonald's and, and, and get do something. So I did that, I jumped the fence. I, yeah, I come across the fence, and then I got to the McDonald's and gas station, and I saw the immigration car running, uh, you know, driving around. Yeah. And I said, oh, sure, this is going to get me. All of a sudden, I saw a taxi cab with a Hindu dude driving it. So I stopped him. He stopped and picked me up. Where you going? Chula Vista. <laughs> get on. So I did. He took me to Chula Vista, dude. Oh, man, I'd give him that, a five bucks tip to that Hindu dude. <laughs> oh, I guess He so. got me out of trouble. <laughs> well, there you have it. A coyote gets you across. When you finally make it to San Ysidro, you take a cab. Mingo, we admire your style. <laughs> you are now a well-respected local contractor. You've got a couple of local daughters, a grandson, and uh, and you have transitioned from uh, from life in Mazatlan to life here in the greater Davis area. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm still living with the same lady that, that I got married. All right. Things are good. Fairy tales do come true. We'll have to have you come back on and tell some more stories in the future because this is, this is some fun stuff. I got a few more. I'll tell I, you I'm some sure more time. you do. 
You know, it might not hurt to mention that the opinions you hear on this program do not necessarily represent those of KDVS, our sponsors, or the University of California. On occasion, they don't represent those of the host, but doggone it, we believe in free speech. We want to thank Mingo for his most entertaining discussion of uh, his life. And I close by noting that this program was produced by Edward McMillan. This has been Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. And I'm delighted to say that we expect on next week's program to have the third appearance on Radio Parallax by the illustrious Mary Roach, talking about her latest book, Gulp. Subtitled Adventures on the Elementary Canal. And adventures we're sure they will be. We'll see you next week. Thank you.